0: Justin had a, had the Spirit speak to him this morning, and so he gave this, and there's somebody here that uh, I believe needs to hear this. There might be a few of us. Um, so he wrote down, I heard God say this for someone. I am the Lord God, and I have gone before you. I have made a way for you, trust in me, and let my victories be your victories. Amen? Let his victories be your victories. When we were worshiping, can you envision our praises filling this place? Can you actually envision our praises filling filling this room because I sometimes I think we sing this but but I think sometimes we need to look or see and as we're singing this morning I could see our praises filling this building and I would suggest to you it's not just one word But I would suggest to you that it's a continuation or continual praise. It's it's honoring him. So before we start, I want to just take 15, 20 seconds, and let's just take our praises and let's fill this room with praises to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy, God. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You are exalted high above all others. Your name is high. Your name is exalted. Your name is the name that is above all names. You are good, God. You are so good. Lord, I just praise you and I exalt you right now. And I lift you high. And I lift you high, Lord. And I fill this place with your praises. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with worship and with honor. We exalt you. We glorify you. You are the King of kings and you're the Lord of lords. And we come this morning in honor and to worship you and to exalt you. Lord, and I ask as I speak, Lord, that you would use me, Lord, that your words would come, that your thoughts would come to me, Lord, that I would speak what you've given me. But Lord, I speak that. I ask God that the words that I speak would would touch the hearts and that we would receive what you have to say to us in your precious name. Amen. 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 If you can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We're continuing with our conversations with Jesus. And I want to... I want to take a few minutes. I'd like you to, to consider these conversations. They're, they're a revelation of Jesus, but they're also a revelation of God's heart for you and me. It's a revelation, and, and Jesus, it's, it's like he's revealing heaven on earth. And we've, we've seen many of them. We've gone all the way from John chapter 2. We've gone all the way through, and now we're in John 15, uh, 14. I've got 14, 15, and 16. I've got verses from each one of those passages this morning. But what I find amazing is, is these conversations, the first number of conversations you saw miracles. The first miracle was his first miracle at the wedding in Cana where he turned water into wine. And then we saw the salvation message that he showed Nicodemus how that you have to be born again. And it continued on and, and, and then he he saw the woman at the well and he he showed her things and even though she had five ex-husbands and she was living with number six, he didn't condemn her but he, he said, don't go and sin anymore and he accepted her and he revealed to her salvation and he gave her salvation a message of salvation even though she was a Samaritan. And they didn't mix. And we see these these miracles that he had of of taking five loaves and two fish and feeding thousands of people. And it's one miracle after another. And each time what we see is we get a glimpse of heaven on earth. And now we're into John 14, and and we saw a couple weeks ago, we saw that he's the shepherd, the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd in that passage, he says, I've come to give you life, And to give it more abundantly. You know the life that God has for you is a life of abundance? The life that God has for you and wants for you is not a life of constrictions and restrictions, but a life of abundance, of overflowing. I believe that that as he ministers to us and as we get to know him, I believe our life should reflect what he is and who he is. And that's an overflowing. Then we also got into John 15, where he talked about, I'm the vine and you're the branches, and last week we talked about abiding. And to me, it's very simple. The key to being fruitful in life is abiding in the vine. I've yet to see a tree or a plant that has been delimbed or taken the branch off, and I've yet to see that branch succeed without being plugged into that tree. And and what I find amazing in these conversations is he's gone from ministering to the masses to now he's ministering to his disciples. He's gone ministering from ministering to thousands and thousands to now to ministering to just a few. And these are the last few conversations that he's had. And I find it interesting that He's taken the time now, instead of just ministering to everybody and having all the miracles and signs and wonders, now he's just speaking to them heart to heart. He's, he's gone from the miracles to being very personal. And this morning, I believe God wants to speak to many of us, all of us, in a very personal manner. And I know we've, we've talked about this and we've heard it said that quite often the last few things a person says, especially when they know that they're leaving, the most important instructions are the last instructions they give. You know, as a parent, when you leave, you'll tell your children a few things ahead of time, but the moment you walk out the door, all of a sudden, the, the, the real serious stuff hits. And Jesus here, as he's preparing to leave, he's getting, and he, he's, he's left the masses and now he's spending time just with you. He's left the crowds and now he's looking at you face to face. And he's saying things face to face directly. And this is a conversation that he's having directly with you. And this morning I believe there are some things that God wants to speak to us. The, the objective of this sermon this morning is for you to have a personal touch from Holy Spirit. That's my objective as I share this morning. What I'm asking God to do is to take the passages that I share and that you will be touched personally by the person of the Holy Spirit. That he's not just here for the masses, but he's here to sit right beside you. He's here to be with you. And I've got about 12 things that I see out of this passage or these verses that I want to show you about what the, whole, the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is not conclusive or complete. There's so much more. Next week, I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But this week, I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. First thing I want you to know and see and recognize is that he, Holy Spirit, is not it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's part of the Godhead. In fact, in our verses, we're going to see Jesus talking about the Father and Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to see Jesus saying, the Father's going to send him, and then we're going to see Jesus say, I'm going to send him, and you see the Trinity, all three of them involved, intertwined together they're distinct and yet they're not distinct they're not separable they're separate and they're not separate i'm not on un- i'm not sure we completely understand how that all works properly in our minds and our thinking but i want to show you some personal things this morning that i believe jesus wants to give you and that you can take with you everywhere you go. So if you can, if you turn in in your Bibles, turn to to John 14, and we're going to skip around. We're going to read these verses, and then I'm going to share you some of the personal descriptions of the work of the Holy Spirit. John 14, and we're going to read verses 15 to 18, and we're going to read through them. I'm going to try just to read those verses, and then I'm going to try to expound a bit on them. John 14, verses 15 to 18. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's the first passage. If you stay in chapter 14 and you scoot, uh, go down to verse 26. Start in 25 and we're going to read 25 to 28. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And if you can flip the page in John 15, in verse 26... Jesus is, again, he's continuing talking with his disciples, and he says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And then if you continue in John 16, and we'll read verses 5 to 15. I want to lay this out as the conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples and he's explaining and introducing the person of the Holy Spirit. He refers to him as he. So if we go to verse 5. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asked me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So, I've got 15 things out of these verses, just out of these three passages, or four passages, that reveal part of the work of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is saying. This is in their conversation. He says, I'm getting ready to go. One of the things I want you to see is he says, it's to your advantage that I go. Can you imagine the Son of God, the one who's complete, looks at them and says, by the way, it's best for me and it's best for you if I go. Like, what can be better than Jesus? Like, I'd I'd be saying, no, no, I think it's kind of pretty neat that you're here. It's like you turn water into wine. You, you like take a few fish and you multiply them. You like put money in fish's mouths. You like start, like how can it be better that you leave? How can it be to my advantage, for better for me, that you who are doing all these things and I'm just buddy-buddy with you, how can it be better that you leave? Because Jesus will always give you something that's better than what you have. He always moves you from good to better to best, even when it came to Himself. To me, that's amazing. Because I thought that would be kind of cool to have him right there. But what he was saying is, is literally he was in a physical body. He was in one place, in a physical body, and so you could only touch Jesus where he was at. But he was saying, and what he did was, he said, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He says that. In Acts, he says that in Luke, he's saying that here, I'm going to send them, and he gives them instructions to wait for him. But what happened was he took the physical, he went up, he ascended to the Father, but then he released his spirit, and now his spirit touches each one of you. And I would suggest to you that the spirit that touches you is the same effective and the same effectiveness as Jesus himself. So, think about that for a second. He went from one place, his physical place, to now releasing the spirit that can touch many. And that spirit, it says if you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if that dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal bodies. And we've heard the expression, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no, the the Holy Spirit isn't, well... You only get 10% because you're only... No, the Holy Spirit is the full representation of God. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he went from saying, it's a, your advantage that I go because if I stay here, you've got me where I am. But if I go to the Father and I'm going to send you the Spirit, now the Spirit will be with each one of you. Think about that. Each one of us has access to the Father, to the Son, but we also have access to the Spirit, which is God. And He, the Spirit, only testifies of things of the Father and of Jesus. The first thing I want you to see from a description of the person of the Holy Spirit is He's a helper. And that word helper, another word is also comforter, and that's used in each one of these passages, that's used. And that word actually means someone who will come to your side. You do not have to feel alone because the Holy Spirit is right there with you. Think about that. Doesn't matter what situation you face, Holy Spirit is there. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit is with you every moment of the day. He doesn't clock in at 9 a.m. in the morning and say, you know, like like the old Looney Tunes show where the the, the that one dog or watchdog or whatever, clocks in and say, okay, now I'm here to watch the sheep and then he'd leave and clock up. No, he's here all the time. He doesn't have a meter that says, okay, I work 50 weeks of the year and I get two weeks off and I'm going to pick the most best time of the year. He he doesn't have days off. He doesn't take days off. He doesn't take time off. He doesn't go to the coffee shop and say, I'll see you guys in 15 minutes. He's with you every moment of the day. And that word helper, comforter, it's defined as, or the Greek word is something like parakletos. And it means that he's been summoned to your side. He's been summoned to your side. He's been called, you you accept Christ as the the, the way to, to redeem us, we believe in Christ. He's the one that, that died for our sins. And we accept Christ. We believe in him. And he sends the Holy Spirit. He summons him and he says, David has accepted me. I want you now to be with him. Is Karen here? Or is he in Sunday school this morning? Yeah. Jared, could, could you come here for a moment? I'm summoning Jared. Come right up here, buddy. Now, he got up here pretty quick. Holy Spirit's even quicker. <laughs> and I'm not comparing you to the Holy Spirit, but you're, you're part of my illness. But can you imagine if Jared was right beside me for the rest of the day? Like, I mean, move your right, let, let's walk together, like, Like, I mean, we're even in step. He's summoned to my side. Whatever I face, whoever I face, he's right here with me. He's right here with me. Whatever trouble I face, it's not just me. It's Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Jared, (laughs) with me. Whatever I go through, he's with me. In fact, if you look at that word closely, you would find out that not only does he come to me, but he rushes to my aid. He rushes to my aid. He's like the speed of lightning. He's like, he's there. And every step I take, he's with me. And it's not even something that I'm aware of all the time, but the Holy Spirit is with me. Everywhere. Everywhere. Think about that. Every conversation you have, Holy Spirit's with you. Every conversation you have. So you have a conversation, you get bad news. Do you believe Holy Spirit's there? And do you know what He does? Not only does He come like this, but then He sees everything I face... And part of the word helper and comforter is that he intercedes or he takes my troubles and he brings them to the one who judges. So when he sees me get in trouble, he doesn't go, you know, like I might go, oh man, what do I do? He doesn't go, oh man, what does he do? He goes, no, Ah, father, look at him, be with him, strengthen him. He is, he's righteous in you and he pleads our case to the father. Nothing gets by him. I don't care how you think, how sly you think you are. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care how witty you think you are. Nothing gets past Holy Spirit in your life. And Jesus is standing there with them and it says, it's my advantage, it's to your advantage that I go because when I go, I'm going to send somebody who's going to be... Jesus wasn't even with his disciples 24-7. Because sometimes they would walk one way and he might go another way. But Holy Spirit's with you. I mean, you can't get rid of him. This is how... And he runs to you. Thank you, Jared. He runs to you. This is not a salvation aspect. This is a living aspect. In other words, this passage, when Jesus is talking here, he's not talking about their salvation experience. He's talking about their life experience. He's talking about living. The Holy Spirit pleads your case, he intercedes on your behalf, he's called to your side. Has anybody here ever been involved in a legal situation where you've had to go to court? And I'm not, uh, there's some of you, and, and if you've gone to court, um, are you thankful that there's a lawyer who knows the process, the protocol, and the laws, because if it was left to you, you'd be going like, "Uh, well, he just said something really mean to me, and I didn't like it. And And then this happened. But you get a lawyer involved... And they know the court system. They know how to plead the case. They know how to talk to the judge. They know how to present your case. He is someone, Holy Spirit, who is standing with you, who pleads your case to the Father. He stands there with you, and he goes, he sees what you experience, and he's already interceding for you. And he's speaking to the Father, and he's saying, Father, you died, Jesus died for that. Father, give him strength. Father, I stand here with you and I'm interceding for David right now because the situation he's facing, he doesn't understand how to get past it. But Lord, give him strength. Give him wisdom. Tell me what to tell him, and he can give you wisdom. He can give you truth. He can give you examples. The Holy Spirit is smart, he's involved. In the dirty details of your life. <laughs> you got no secrets. Like, come on. Can we be honest? We, I've got secrets none of you know about. But when I look at Holy Spirit, no, he, he knows them. He knows what I'm thinking. Like, like some of you look at me and you think, I know what he's thinking. No, you don't really know what I'm thinking sometimes. But you know, you hear what I'm saying, but he knows what I'm thinking. And sometimes I'm not always thinking the most polite thinkings. Sometimes I think things that maybe aren't nice or polite. Sometimes I'd say, Lord, can I punch them first? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I've been exasperated, like point, uh, driven to the point of exhaustion, frustration. He knows that, and he still intercedes on my behalf. I mean, what an example of grace. Now, it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So there's an aspect of grieving Him. And I think sometimes our actions grieve Him because we don't listen to what He says. But I also find that the Holy Spirit is there to help us to live a life of victory. And these are the conversations Jesus is having with his disciples before he leaves. He's telling them, listen, I'm gonna send you Holy Spirit, and He is the guy. He is the guy that runs to your aid. He is summoned, He is sent to represent you. And he does it well. He isn't no attorney that is supplied by the courts or by the state who isn't qualified the same way as the other defendant or the the other attorney, he is the best. He is the one that knows the access. He has direct access. He is part of me. He is who I am, and he's with you, and he will defend you, stand with you, support you. If you're exhausted, do you think he knows you're exhausted? And what does he do? They deserve it. Do you know what? I told them they should relax, and they didn't relax. They didn't listen to me. So now they're exhausted. That's their problem. That's not what he does. He runs to my side, and he says, David, I know you're exhausted. I'm here. I've got to be honest with you. This last year and a half... I have come to love my Savior in a way I didn't think. I thought I loved Him. I thought I knew Him. I thought I trusted Him. But there's been days when He's all that I've had. And I've held on with all that I've had. And I, say, and I have such an appreciation that He never left me. He doesn't leave you. If you're exhausted... He's there. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? I had a point when I worked in construction where I would not even like to hear the phone ring. I would hear the phone ring, and I knew there was a problem. And I was so overwhelmed, it literally would drive, I, I, I wouldn't want to hear the phone ring I was worn out, exhausted, beat up, burnt out, whatever you want to call it. But I would sit in my office, and the phone would ring, and the receptionist would get it, and I'd be going, Lord, pass it on to somebody else. Please not me, Lord. I've got too much on my plate already. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle this. Do you know what? Holy Spirit's there. He didn't leave me when I went to work. He didn't say, oh, David, you're going to work? I'll see you at 4.30 and maybe 5 o'clock if it's bad rush, uh, rush hour, but I'll see you later. No, he's with me. I, I, he's with us. I'm just not sure if we understand that he's with us. He knows where he is, but do you know where he is? This is a conversation Jesus is having, and this is what he's telling them. When you don't know what to do, he's there. Anybody here ever said, I don't know what to do? You're a candidate for experiencing Holy Spirit giving you truth and wisdom on what to do. And he is the smartest, most wise person around. His answers are the best. And it says in the Bible, if you lack wisdom, ask and he will give it to you. But no, I'm Macho Man David. I can handle this situation. I can take care of this. I don't need you, Holy Spirit. Do you know what I did last week? And it was so successful. So this week, I'm just going to do the same. And he sees the beginning from the end. He doesn't work in the realm of time that you and I work at. He stands above and he sees the landscape of time. And he says, no, David, I'm here for you. And I go, no, it's okay. I've got this one. You need a break. Not really, but you need a break. And then... It hits the fan. And I go, how did that happen? He's with me. I'm trying to get you a picture of how close Holy Spirit is with you. When you need truth... He's there because he's the spirit of truth. He will not give you a lie. Truth means he will not conceal things, but he will reveal things. When you feel attacked, he's there. Every situation you face, he's there. He's the comforter. And in the legal sense, he runs to your side, and he's there. And he doesn't leave your side. He doesn't go, it's nighttime, you're going to have a nap? Great, I'll see you at 7.30 in the morning. When your alarm goes off, I'll be here. No, he's actually there with you through the night. David, in Psalm 139, he says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? And he basically says, there's nowhere. And this is Jesus saying, guys, it's, my, it's an advantage to you that I leave because I am here. But when I'm gone, something even better, if I can use that term, because I'm not sure how you can get better than God. But he says, there's something better than just me. It's for all, every single one of you. says that he's another, one of the personal descriptions of the Holy Spirit, he's one of, an, he, Jesus says, I'll send another comforter, and that's the one of the same kind. In other words, it's not of lesser quality. The Holy Spirit is not a degrading of God. It's not like Jesus is 100 and Holy Spirit's like 96. No, they're... The, He's, he's the same, of the same kind. The Greek word means he's of the same kind. Jesus will never give you something that's less of him. You might want to write that down. Jesus will never give you something that's less than him. He doesn't. So, if you can imagine how exciting it was for the disciples to have Jesus, we have the same effect and the same person now. So, just walk with me here because I like to think like this. So, if Jesus did that, do you think he can do that now? If he could turn The water into wine, if he can take what's empty, filled with something of one chemical composition of one natural element and change that physical element into something else, do you think he can take something of yours and literally change that physical element into something else? Like, do we just read those scriptures and say, yeah, they're great, but do we actually believe that he can do that now? I believe Jesus can take some physical element, and I believe when I walk with him and talk with him, I believe that he can actually change the element into what it needs to be to facilitate what needs to happen. Think about that. Think about that. Some of you are thinking, great, I'm going to bring that old car, that old jalopy, and I'm going to say, good, I need a brand new one. Well, leave it with him. He took he took five loaves and two fish. And he did that in front of his disciples and fed 5,000. Do you believe now that he can take your five loaves and your two fish and he can multiply it to what needs to happen? Do you believe he can do that? Because if he did it there and the Holy Spirit is the same or better than what he was because now he's with every single one of you and it's no lesser, do you believe that those same miracles can happen today as they happened 2,000 years ago? We read it, but we, we, sometimes we spiritualize it, and I, I'm not against spiritualizing it, but I sometimes think we need to make it practical. We should be the people of the greatest faith in this world. Because the guy that is beside me, Holy Spirit, my comforter, my helper is with me and he's no lesser. He isn't of a a lesser quality. is of the same quality and the same effect, the same kind as Jesus. But he's with me all the time. So if I need something, I have access and he intercedes for me. Man, this is amazing. And Jesus is saying, this is who I'm sending to you. I think if we could grab that If I could grab that for a 24-hour period and every millisecond walk without awareness, I think I would have a day that rivals the days that you read in there. I want to push you. I want to push your thinking. Because we limit God based on what we think, not on what he thinks. We base we limit him on what we can do not on what he can do. We limit him based on our circumstances not on his circumstances. We have all these conditions and exp, and and it's like no you can't do that God because you're God and I'm and it's like no he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you ask or think. Do you believe that? Holy Spirit is with you. Another personal aspect and description of the Holy Spirit is that you know him. He dwells with you, it says in this passage, but he also dwells in you. So not only, just like Jared was walking beside me, with me, but he's in me. I'm not 100% sure we understand that. And I'm speaking on my behalf because I know the fruits of my life, I don't think, reflect 100% daily what he's doing. I have seen some miracles. I have seen some great things. A report from Shawnee. Amazing. Powerful. Thank God. There was a report from Sheila this week and the the kidney transplant and her levels and, and how they're... That's a miracle, and we need to thank God for those miracles, and we need to start living in them and expecting them and seeing them. What's happened to my wife and how she's recovered, I believe, is a miracle from God. And we have these things happening, and what is he's working with us, but he's also working in us. I was talking to a gentleman just recently, and he made a very interesting point. And we were talking about some things that are happening in, in society, and he says God can work through somebody, but sometimes he can't work in somebody. And I thought, huh? But you know, you can allow God to work through you, but you can also say, no, but you can't work in me? The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to work with you. He wants to work in you. And you say, well, how can that be? Listen, he can use a donkey. So don't tell me he can't work through you or with you. He could use a donkey. He used a raven to supply food. I mean, he he used some of the most interesting characters. So he can use them. He can use somebody. He used Cyrus, an evil king, for his benefits and for what he was doing. So he can work through somebody, but not necessarily that person having him work in him. I want him to work in me, with me, through me, around me, totally me. And he's saying here, Jesus is telling him, the disciples, he says, the Holy Spirit, the one that I'm sending, the comforter that's coming, he knows you, he works with you, and he works in you. This is for you and me. He's a teacher. I like this. He's a memory aid. He says, what you need to remember, you will remember the things I've said to you because the Holy Spirit's there and he's quickening your mind. So you need to spend time reading his word because when you read his word, I believe he will bring that back to you. I had one amen there. I'll say that again. I believe we need to read his word because that will be brought back to us when we need it. Yeah. How else are we going to know what he wants to do for us if we don't read what he wants to do for us? I know I don't read this enough. I do read it daily. I just finished reading through the Bible. I try to read it through the Bible every year. But I haven't stopped because I finished reading through the Bible two days ago. I haven't said, okay, Lord, I'm going to take eight weeks off. I'm going to read it some more. Read one verse. For some of us, that's more than we read yesterday. And I'm not trying to be funny. But can you take a moment and can you read one verse? You say, well, what should I read? Pick a verse. Blessed is the man that doesn't stand in the counsel of the wicked or sit in the way of the scornful or stand in the way of the sinner, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. There's three or four verses right there. Psalm 1. If God be for us, we sang it. Who can be against us? Man, if I was you, even, I know we used to make fun of them, but as a kid, we had a plastic container, and every day after the meal, we would read one of these promises from God's Word, and people would make fun of it. But you know what? They were promises of God's Word. Now, I'm not saying we just read that. I'd want us to read more, but if that's all you get, Get that. This is Jesus talking to them. He says, and this is interesting, talking about the unity of the Godhead. He sent from the Father. So personal aspect of the Holy Spirit. He sent to you from the Father. He doesn't just show up and like, well, I got nothing else to do. No, God sent him to you. Then Jesus says, in another passage, he says, I send him to you. In this passage, in the verses we read, Jesus says, I'm going to pray the Father, He sends the Holy Spirit. And then the next few verses later, He says, and when the Holy Spirit comes, who I send to you from the Father, He is sent to you. God did not leave you empty or vacant or alone. He gave you Holy Spirit to be with you all the time. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, it's an advantage for you to go because I'm here. But when I go, I'm going to send to you the Spirit and he's going to be with you, every single one of you all the time. He's not just going to go to that place, but he's going to be everywhere you need him. He will be because he's with you. He's in you. He's around you. That's, you have an unfair advantage. (laughs) Live like it. Use the unfair advantage of Holy Spirit in your life and see what he can do with you and through you. I mean, I play games and whenever I can get an advantage, I'll take it. He testifies of Jesus. He's not a competition to Jesus. He testifies of him. He cooperates with him. He's consistent with him. He's had an advantage verse. He convicts, which means he brings evidence. He does not condemn. He brings evidence of sin so that we would believe in him. That's what the verse says. He convicts the world of sin because they don't believe. It's the Holy Spirit's duty to convict of sin. We may present it, we may share with somebody, but it's the Holy Spirit working inside that will convict somebody of the sin of missing the mark so that they will believe in Jesus and the work that Jesus did to redeem man to God. I don't do that enough. I was talking to somebody recently. We went out for coffee and I'm sharing with them. And I'm mentoring this young man. And I said to him, I've got two or three people in my life that don't know Jesus. And he goes, what? He says, I've got two or three people in my life that do and everybody else doesn't. Can I ask you a question? If you're to share the gospel with somebody, is that sharing the gospel with somebody who already knows it? Or is that sharing the gospel with somebody who needs it? I'll let that one sink in for a while. He convicts of righteousness. Why? Because we need to know our right standing with our Savior. You have right standing with the Savior because of what Jesus did. You are not a sinner and a saint. You are taken from the kingdom of darkness and you are now in the kingdom of his dear Son. I am a believer I am a saint. I don't live or think or behave like a sinner. Do I make mistakes? Yeah, don't get too close to me because I make enough of them. But that's not where I live. I live here. And I'm in his kingdom. And he's with me. And when I trip and when I fall, he is there standing with me, helping me. I don't live with the mindset, I'm just a poor old sinner. No, I was a sinner saved by grace. And now I'm a believer. And I'm in his kingdom. He convicts of judgment. Why? Because Satan is defeated. He's judged. He brings evidence of that. He shows us that in His Word. Another personal aspect or description of the Holy Spirit, just from this passage, is He'll guide you. Does anybody here need guiding? He'll guide you. This is a conversation Jesus is having with His disciples just literally a day before He is crucified. This is what he's having the night before he's crucified or the night that he is actually arrested. This isn't three weeks ahead. This is this is like the last few conversations he's having. And he's telling them, guys, this is personal. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. It's no longer, I'm not talking about the masses and everything I've done for the masses and the miracles. This is something disciples, my closest people, the ones that have walked with me for three and a half years. This is something I want you to know deep down inside, etched in your memory. Because I want you to know I'll never leave you you or forsake you. I want you to know that it's personal, you and me. It's not just something huge and, and all the masses. It's now you and me. And he's turned the conversations from miracles and masses to the individuals and the personal. And this morning, he wants to take these conversations, and he wants to take all the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, which are awesome, but he says, you know what? Without that, I want you, first of all, to know me personally. Because when you know me personally, those things will happen. They will just be automatic from being here with me. And we have too many Christians who chase after those things and forget him and Jesus the last conversation he's having with them is saying listen it's about this personal and you spend time with me you be with me those things will happen they will happen but it happens through this tight relationship with me with the one that's summoned to be by your side He'll direct you. And the last two things, he speaks what God speaks. When you get to know him, the words that he says to you are actually what God would say to you. Think about that. Think about that. God himself speaking to you. We've grown up with a disconnect. And Jesus is saying, no, there's a huge connect. He's called Holy Spirit. And what he says, he will not speak anything except what the Father says. Now, I've experienced people that tell me they're speaking Holy Spirit, but what they tell me is not consistent with what God says. And that's, you better be very careful If you believe God's given you a word, and and here, as your pastor, I'm going to tell you, don't take your word and give it to somebody else. Submit it to an elder. Submit it to somebody, and they will judge it and say, yes, go ahead and speak it. Because I've had it happen personally. But God will never speak something opposite of his word. And Jesus is saying... Holy Spirit, who's summoned to your side, who's your comforter and your counselor, who is your helper, he will not say anything to you that I don't say. So everything God speaks to you or everything Holy Spirit speaks to you and impresses with you is what God is speaking to you. And the last thing is he takes what is Jesus's and declares it to you. So everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus modeled, everything that Jesus declared, lived, and was an example for, the Holy Spirit takes that and he declares it to you. This week, I want you to understand a little better the person of the Holy Spirit. Next week, I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we want the power... But today, I want you to have the person. Because what's power if you don't understand the person? What's the power of a beautiful vehicle if you don't understand how to operate it? What's the purpose of having the chainsaw that can do everything if you don't understand how to take care of that chainsaw? What's the purpose of having all that if you don't know the person? And I find it interesting because he does talk to them about being endued with power. He talks to them about being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But he talks to them about that after he talks to them about what Holy Spirit will do for them as a personal relationship. And we are of a charismatic flair and we like to see, I like to see fire off my fingertips and I like to see this and that happen. But sometimes we miss the person. So this week my prayer is, and today my prayer is, that you would get a better appreciation for the person the Holy Spirit. And I've only given you three chapters, snippets of three chapters. The Word of God is full of the Holy Spirit. There's been books written about Him. But if I can suggest to you, take some time this week just to say, Holy Spirit, you're with me. You share the seat with me. What would you say today? Ask him. What would you say, Holy Spirit? And then listen and record what he says to you. Because you might forget it three minutes later. If you're like me, or like Pastor Daniel, You'll forget it three minutes later. But I believe he wants you in these conversations with Jesus, I believe he wants you to know him even better. So when you're walking down the street and you see somebody in a wheelchair, God will tell you whether or not to pray for them. He'll tell you. Why? Because God's activity is there. He'll give you wisdom when you when you hear that phone ring and it you dread it and then you answer it. He's there and he can give you the wisdom to what to say that millisecond. Do you believe that? Can you all stand I just want to pray for all of you this morning. I know I need Holy Spirit active in my life more and more and more. And the more that I think I am walking with him, the more I need him. It's funny, but the more you get to know him, the more you realize I got to get to know him more. It's like what worked yesterday isn't for today. That was yesterday. Today's a new day. And I need more of you today than I did yesterday because I'm a guy that is moving forward in what God has for me. And every step I move forward requires more of you and less of my thinking, more of you and less of my abilities, more of you and, and, and less of me. So I just want to pray for you. If you, if you can identify with any of this. I just want you to close your eyes and raise your hands and I'm just going to ask God just to touch you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you didn't leave us orphans. Jesus, I thank you for the work that you did on earth, for the work on the cross. I thank you that you said It's to my advantage that you leave so that Holy Spirit could be sent. And Lord, I want your power in my life, but I also want your person in my life. I want to know you when you laugh. I want to know you when you frown. I want to know you when you direct I want to know you when you say yes. I want to know you when you say hold it. I want to know you when you say that's the door. I want to know you personally. And I know we have you personally, but would we, Lord, would you give us the ability that we would experience you even greater So this week, Lord, I commit myself. Lord, I commit myself every morning before I jump on Facebook to say, I'm here. Holy Spirit, can you speak to me? Lord, I commit myself this week, every day, to have dialogue with you every day. Your precious name, I declare that, and Lord, I thank you for it.